This episode is brought to you ad-free thanks to all of our wonderful patrons. You can help us keep the show running by joining at patreon.com slash shonenflop. And welcome to this episode of Shonen Flop, where we talk about manga in Shonen Jump that didn't make it big. I'm David. I'm Jordan. Next week, we'll be covering Nikawapa, if you'd like to read along with us. David, David, I believe that's pronounced Ooh, Nikawapa. Ooh. This reminds me of how um, our guest James's cat's name is Uwu. James was the guest on our Chainsaw Man episode. Oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, sorry. <laughs> Should have been like, yeah, remember James with no context to who James is. <laughs> Him and his friend Jesse, yeah. so be sure to join the discussion in our discord and submit your six word summary you can find a link to the discord in our episode description and on our website shonenflop.com but this week we are talking about metallica metallica really bad heavy metal toys metallica yeah (laughs) and we are joined by our guest leah thank you so much for joining us today do you mind tell the audience a little bit about yourself yeah, thanks for having me. My name is Chibi Leah of Anime Junkies 3 in a podcast. And that is a podcast where we just talk about anime and manga and whatever's in between. I love that in-between stuff, you know? The in-betweeners. I guess the in-between would be JRPGs, actually. Uh, sorry, I forgot to raise the sound, but I want to give a big thank to our listener who recommended you be on the show. So thank you so much for who messaged us recommending to have you on, Leah. Oh, wow. I didn't know it was a recommendation. Thank you. Yeah. We actually on the Discord have a channel just for recommending people we should reach out to be guests. Yeah. Hey, uh, reach out to us if you suggested Chibulia, or we will give you a direct thank you on a later episode. How about that? Yes, that's a good way of doing it. But enough about that. Shall we talk about everyone's favorite heavy metal manga that had nothing to do with music? Oh, I was devastated. Uh, you know, listeners may know I'm a huge metalhead. I saw Metallica, Metaluca. And I was like, oh, fuck yeah, we getting into some old school 80s speed metal here. Nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. Just a warning to listeners. This is a very trivia heavy episode because we had a lot of really interesting insights about this series. So the first one is, why is this series called Metallica, Metallica? Yeah. From Tucker, apparently the word Metallica itself is Latin for pertaining to metals and, of course, being reminiscent of the famous band. The second word makes more sense in Japanese since the English word metal is pronounced metaru and slapping a ka at the end matches the first word makes it contain the name of the protagonist, Luka or Ruka as it's pronounced in Japanese. So I actually was really wondering what a hell of Metaluka was. So I feel really dumb for not noticing that the name of the protagonist is Luka and the series is called Metaluka. Yeah, I mean, I'm not even going to pretend, David, I did notice that. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm not going to be like, oh, David, it's all right. No, I did. I did. I had a feeling like that's where that was from. There's a long line of manga with titles that are apparently clever in Japanese that cannot translate, like Ill Boy, Ill Girl. Oh, that one was ridiculous. That got translated as Shonen Shoujo. It is apparently a pun that means ill boy, ill girl that just literally does not work in English. There's no way to translate it properly. Yeah, it's like the word for sick and boy can be read this. It's like some weird fit where it's like you need to understand Japanese to get why it's really clever. It's a shame because there, with Japanese, the way that, you know, there's like three different uh, fucking, um, you know, uh, alphabets and they can all be read in like a bunch of different ways. So it's very, you can do like a billion puns and none of them translate well. Yeah. This is just like how the Cypher Academy translator quit because they said, I can't translate a series about word puzzles. I would too. How do you do that? They don't. 
do you know about Cypher Academy? Do you know what that was? That's my first time ever hearing about that. Is that um, a manga? Yeah, it's a Shonen Jump manga that's okay. running right now by the creator of uh, Madaka Box and Batsumagori. I can never pronounce that name series. Um, but essentially, it's literally about Japanese word puzzles. And for some reason, they thought that they should translate that every week. The translator quit because he's like, this is impossible. Oh, no. I don't blame him. <laughs> my God. Can't be mad at him for being like, how am I supposed to translate a kanji like pun puzzle that uses grammatical elements that don't exist in English. But anyway, sorry, <laughs> we really do not want to talk about this series, apparently. No, but this was created by Mizuno Turaki, and they were actually the assistant for quite a few notable people. The uh, Shohei Ishoka, who created Belmont Le Visitor, Toshiaki Isawashiro, who created Siren, which is one of the series we're hoping to do a long form on at some point. Toshiaki Iwashiro. Listener, you should never take David's um, pronunciation as the actual name, just so you know. Uh, it's Yeah, I should just have you read this section. <laughs> Might be better. I'm a little better at it than at, right. at reading Japanese names. Continue it, my guy. All right, so next we got Yuki Tabata, for, who did yep. Black Clover. Uh, and uh, yeah. actually, that's an alumni of Shonen Flop. Yes, he did Hungry Joker, right? Yeah, we did Hungry Joker with the wonderful Trey Watson. I was just going to say, other another friend of the show does the Chainsaw Minute title reads. If you've listened to our episodes, like a good fan. Mm-hmm. And uh, is going to be our guest on our second episode on Maka Chain. Damn right they are. And then if you want to just blitz through the rest of this real quick, Jordan. And then Mizuno also had a few assistants, including Kentaro Sato of Magical Girl Sight, Atsushi Namikiri of uh, Switch and Red Blue. Wow, they did uh, the Nintendo Switch and Pokemon Red and Blue. I know, right? And Naoya Matsumoto, who did Kaiju Number 8, famous for having the oldest protagonist in Shonen Jump. Leah, are you familiar with Kaiju Number 8? I am. Yeah, the fucking 32-year-old just <laughs> foot in the death's door protagonist. Yeah, old man. Fun fact, Jordan, actually, we're going to be covering that offer in our next episode. Kaiju number eight? Yeah, the offer of Kaiju number eight is uh, the next series we're covering. Oh, I thought you were, Kaiju number eight got canceled. I was like, really? Oh, no, no, no. That's getting like an anime. I think they already announced an anime for it. That seems to be doing pretty well. Yeah, I was like, what? Kaiju number eight? I was like, what? Where'd you hear yeah, that? No, 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 no. <laughs> she was like, what the fuck are you talking about, David? <laughs> I'm like, pianissimo, which apparently got canceled. I haven't been keeping up. Apparently the final chapter was fucking insane. Yeah, it was. Uh, people want us to make a piece of special content just on that last chapter. When you read it, you'll understand why. Okay, I'm going to have to. Speaking of other manga, though, do you mind telling us just real quickly, what are some notable series this offers made? Well, this is their debut, but he's got a few one shots between 2001, 2008. So, you know, this guy, a little bit of a slow burn for his career. Mm-hmm. He's got uh, Jessica Henke Girazetter, uh, Marvel's Future Avengers, truly a difficult title to pronounce. Yeah. And the next one, oh man, it took me like eight tries oh. to try and say the next one. Good morning, Poop Sensei. Now, what could that be about? It's apparently about a poop mascot that's taught in like middle school. Oh, wow. I've heard that like um, Japan and a lot of other uh, Asian countries are a lot more comfortable talking about poop, which, you know what, probably healthier that way. But also, if you couldn't tell from Marvel's future Avengers, this guy makes a lot of adaptation manga. That's just like all he's done since the series. Pretty much. Wow. You mean this series didn't cement him as like an idea guy? I wonder why. 
Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, but this ran between May 17th, 2010 to September 13th, 2010, and it replaced Superdog Rylenthal by Daisuke Asihara, who did World Trigger, which I'm not really familiar with, but I've heard about. And uh, it was replaced by Lightwing by Hideo Shinkai of a little movie called Earth Child. Oh, man, we are just talking about some classics that we've covered so far. Classic episodes, Leah. Uh, our episode on Earth Child is very good and also not very positive. Oh, man. It's definitely the best one shot that should have stayed a one shot. <laughs> if you ever the time, I would read the first chapter and then be like, I don't know how they thought that you could get like another 50 chapters of material from this premise. Leah, did you read Earth Child? I didn't. I'm not a big fan. Well, I love manga, but I kind of stopped reading manga a while ago, so I haven't really been that heavy into it. Oh, me too. Unless it's like some of the major mainstream mangas that everyone's talking about. Oh, yeah, no worries. Believe me, you're not missing anything. You're fine. It was no Jujutsu Kaisen. <laughs> oh, yeah. Also, this series, this is one of the shorter ones. Honestly, thank God, ran for uh, 17 chapters over three volumes. It was. And then, Jordan, though, why don't we find out what those 17 chapters contained as we get into your plot summary? Oh, we'll get a decent idea, at least. All right, so, like in a lot of manga, the entire world revolves around something, and here it is rare metals, which are sought after by these people named Minas, and that is not miners, Minas, M-I-N-E-A-S. Minas are heroes who can go anywhere and do anything, just like hunters from Hunter x Hunter, as in literally the same. It's just not even subtle, it's exactly the same thing. You'll see more about it, listener. Luca is a kid who wants to be a mina, and after saving a town from some jerks who want to take rare metals for themselves, he reveals that he's the member of the Metallica clan, a mostly extinct tribe with the power to bend and shape metal with their bare hands. Luca sets off for Metal City so he can become a mina. I, guess, I think like, Metal City is just the Bay Area in the 80s, you know what I mean? <laughs> On the way, Luca runs into a brilliant treasure hunter named Shino, who the author really just wants to keep reminding you has big boobs and a butt. Like Bulma. Again, yep. literally the same as Bulma. After arriving to Metal City, the two split up and Luca meets Gato, a blacksmith who wants to be a metal sculptor, but his dad doesn't like it. You know, it's just, you're gonna be an artist? Are you fucking kidding me? Who wants to be an artist? Ugh, ugh. Luca and Gato break into the mayor's house so Luca can forge his name on the hunter exam list because he didn't realize you had to sign up a month before the exam. Not even going to call it the Mina exam because holy shit, it is such a shameless ripoff. Popcorn David. Unfortunately, he's too late. Put in a shocking twist of fate. Shino is the daughter of the mayor. He uses the power of nepotism to try and convince her dad to let him take it. The mayor is hesitant until he discovers that Luca's dad is the legendary Mania Bulk, which is also what I was feeling about the premise of this series. <laughs> Creating a rare double nepotism combo that the mayor cannot defeat. So Luca is allowed to take the exam. He is conveniently allowed to bring two assistants with him. So he grabs the only two other characters in this manga. What separates yes. the Mania exam from the Hunter exam is that the Manias have armbands that create safety bubbles if they're ever in danger in order to reduce the stakes so the reader doesn't get too excited. I personally messaged Jordan after I read that the first time. I was like, that's a great line. <laughs> yes. Luca, Shino, and Gato make it through a dangerous forest with electrical beasts. The Joltiano, oh, fuck, Jordan, vintage. Oh, my God. That's like a 15-year-old something awful meme. Electrical beast, the Joltiano, let's play. <laughs> 
Leah, I don't know if you've heard of this don't reference. Don't worry about it, Leah. Don't. This is not. This. this no, he's having. He's having fun. Have fun. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say this is a cut so deep. It's probably he's revealed a rare metal. <laughs> yes, and it makes it makes it to the next round where Mina, who can smell metal, tells them to look around a volcano for rare metals in order to advance. Everyone else goes for the easy grade C shit, but Shino convinces Luca to get some of that loud grade B metal inside the yeah. volcano. Yes, he's got that dinkonium. He's got that gas. Yeah. <laughs> While there, a strong, friendly idiot taking the exam removes some metal that was plugging up the volcano, causing it into erupt. Popcorn Leah. Luca and the gang escape by helping a wounded baby dragon who is super adorable, how cute, and following it to its parent who conveniently hanging out around some rare metal. Uh-oh, though, because an evil candidate named Gin, I believe that's how you say it, Gin Gin, who is just Hisoka, <laughs> appears to take it all for himself. He then reveals that the Metallica clan has a really, really stupid weakness. It's very stupid. I was very mad about that. Yes, yes. Where if they're not touching rare metal at all times, they will petrify into metal. So Dean burns away Luca's shoes with a rare metal in them, and he's starts to petrify but as time runs out on the test luca appears on the dragon's back Ooh, yes ride dragons with some invisible rare metal <laughs> that conveniently was right next to it the whole time you just couldn't see it it was invisible how you know convenient. Like, how convenient i love how there's just an invisible metal <laughs> Round two of the exam has them trying to escape from a prison made from a memory alloy, which causes it to move all over the place and shift around. They get around this by crafting a complex key, which somehow makes everything work. I didn't really get it. I didn't really get that either. I was very confused. It was one of those times where I was like, I really hope Jordan understood it because I did not understand that chapter at all. I'm sorry I did not, David. I'm, I'm Unfortunately. It seemed like every test got easier and easier, which is now how like tests should be. But okay. Then we flash forward a bunch of years and Luca now, an experienced Mina, is climbing up a huge mountain to meet his quote unquote dad, who has used an ultra rare metal to literally become metal. Apparently he's not really his dad. Maybe we honestly, we honestly don't know who that man is. He is a mystery man that randomly popped up at the end. Yeah. And then that's seriously how it's very abrupt. I was like, how did you have a time skip and still accomplish nothing with your last chapter? Yeah why it was it was useless also really so you're telling me you end the series with the main character climbing up a large natural structure to meet to meet his dad that's really weird where could you possibly have gotten that idea from author i don't know jordan do you want to kick things off by telling us about gone i mean luca oh you mean gonku sure He's gone, but dumb, it, or, and at least, like, like not dumb in the way that gone is dumb. Like, dumb in... He's, like, Goku-level dumb, but, like, yeah. different. Like, it's hard to talk about him. He's, like, at the cross-section between gone and Goku. Like, he's ripping off both characters, which is ironic, because gone was already riffing on Goku. I mean, gone is also 10 years old and acted like a 10-year-old. Exactly. Oh, my God. He's part of the Metallica clan, which is not as cool as it sounds, but it means he can just move metal around with his hands. And his dad inspired him to be a miner, David. He's traveling around to meet his dad. So, Leah, one thing we had is um, we'd make guesses after reading the first chapter of like what we think will happen. One is I think his dad will matter a lot just because of how badly this ripped off Hunter Hunter. And Jordan was like, you son of a bitch. David got every guess right. I got so mad. I just reset the plot of Hunter Hunter was going to happen in this Pretty manga. <laughs> yeah. And then, Leah, do you have anything you want to add about the main character? 
I really hate, I mean, we, anime has a lot of regurgitated character types, right? Like that's normal. Yeah. Yeah. That happens in manga too. But I felt like yeah. this was a bit of a too try hard. Like it was too try hard of trying to make a stupider version of Gone in a sense, or it was a copy paste, but it was bad taste. What if you got rid of everything that made Gone interesting? Because like the thing about Gone is that he's not just like, that kind of character he's also kind of weird like there are moments where gone will just react ways where you're like whoa what yeah but i think luke is a little bit more dense than than gone is like it was yeah, yeah. it was trying to push the envelope of how dense a character is it was kind of like it was they were making fun of gone in a sense like we know gone is this impulsive kid with a short attention span of a squirrel and he has literally tunnel vision and that tunnel vision gets him into a lot of trouble because he doesn't think before he acts and i feel like that's kind of like the same thing that luca was they tried to make him overly impulsive not a good listener very adhd like short attention span but it, in a way worse way as someone with ADHD, I take offense to that, but yeah. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I don't mean to say that. But like, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I don't actually take offense to that. He was just like very, very jittery and all over the place. He was like, you, every time they turn around, he's gone. Like, gone's not like that. He's like that, but not like that to a certain extent. Like, he's not going to just randomly disappear. Sometimes he can formulate a plan. I feel like Luca wouldn't formulate a plan. He's just hard-headed and just does whatever he wants. Well, that's because that's what protagonists in shonen manga do, is they just don't make plans and they rush out, you know? It's like he took the archetype that Gon is embodying or referencing and just copied the archetype, but didn't understand how it works. Exactly. Speaking of archetypes, I'll go into Shino. So she oh. is, as Jordan said, the Bulma ripoff. Such a Bulma ripoff. It is, it is shameless. There's also a lot of Nami in her DNA. Yeah, at the very least in her design. And her greed. And her greed, yeah. Although the thing is, Bulma also had that. I shouldn't be surprised because like in the fucking Brawly movie, Bulma just wants the Dragon Balls to make herself younger looking. In the original Dragon Ball, she just wants to use the Dragon Balls to get a boyfriend. Oh, yeah. Like she shows up and her, she is constantly talking about how Luka, how Goku, who Goku is like a child and basically does not experience sexual attraction, which seems to continue throughout his whole life. But that's another conversation. Well, apparently, according to Super, Goku has never kissed Chi Chi. <laughs> but they have a whole child. Yeah, it was not a great line. No. Uh, so one of the things in uh, Dragon Ball, like the first part, is that Bulma keeps making accusations that Luka is like being perverted around her and stuff. But Goku doesn't even realize it because he's like a child. And that happens here. But also Luka should know better. You know, like Goku is a weird little wild child who's never encountered like a girl before. Luka has. He's just an idiot. Yeah. But the thing about Shino is the second chapter is called Surprise Meeting with a Big Butt. Yeah. And literally that's the title. And I thought that when Shino showed up, I was like, oh, that's the big butt. And then they introduce a dragon with a big butt. And I'm like, oh, that's the big butt. And then, no, the author just starts focusing all the time on Shino's butt. So I'm like, oh, I was right the first time. OK. Yeah, this manga like goes out of its way to sexualize her. It doesn't like in the art sexualize her, but through the dialogue it's like, wow, we're really sexualizing. It's like they want you to be mad at how he treats this character on purpose. Oh, David, the art does sexualize her. He's just really bad at drawing women is the thing. <laughs> there was like a whole panel of just her breasts. And I, I had to like look closely because it didn't look like they were trying to make her breasts appear big at the very end when they went to the prison and they ran into that female Mina. And she was like, oh, you grew up. And then the panel was all her breasts. And I was like, OK. Yeah, she we got some boob jealousy going in this uh, in this series. Or how Luca, when they fell, I think from the volcano or some, some high heights, they were falling all the time. So excuse me if I can't remember exactly where they fell from. But 
do not feel bad for not remembering specific details of this. They fell a lot from the sky, but yeah. he literally landed on her face. Or no, she, oh, or she, yeah. landed on, she landed on his face. Yeah. His face was on her like private parts and her skirt was up and then she tried to call him a pervert. Like y'all didn't fall like 600 feet from the sky. Not to mention the main character, like, Luca is, like, 10 years old. Yeah. Like, really? You're gonna fucking call a 10-year-old a pervert? It's fucking Goku, Bulma, that shit. Like, that happened there. Yeah. All right. We have one last character, and then we can start tearing this apart. Leah, do you mind telling us about Gato? Probably, like, my favorite. <laughs> yeah. By comparison, yes. Because he, all he had was a goal to become a metal sculptor, and he saw an opportunity in this kid to help him be that. So I think he was the most realistically created character that didn't seem like it was trying to rip off anybody, but just, but also like I didn't understand fully why he was around. Yeah, he came off as like the skater boy, like te- like comp skater boy, uh, city kid who wanted to be something, but everyone around him told him he couldn't be, and but he was like, I'm gonna prove you guys wrong. And this random metallic little boy comes out of nowhere and he's like, oh, I'm gonna stick with him. and He's gonna get me where I want to be. I think this character exists because the all her thinks, oh, everyone needs the like techie support character. It's like how in Tricks Dedicated Witches, you had the lady who could like blacksmith everything. Mm-hmm. But here's the problem. Luca has magic hands that lets him make any device he wants out of metal. So you don't need anyone who has any artisan skills to support him. But he's stupid. David, I hate to tell you this, David, but there is a reason why this character exists, and that's because Yamcha exists. Oh. That's true. It's not as direct a ripoff of Yamcha as, like, the other characters, but I feel like that's only because the author couldn't figure out how to rip it off in this setting as, as, like, blatantly, you know? Well, I think Luke is too dumb to blacksmith his own things. Sometimes they have to tell him, make something. Like, like he almost forgets that what he can do sometimes. And then I think there was a part in the manga where they ended up needing him for once. <laughs> yeah. I think it was the key. It was the key. And it was great because he was just like, oh, my God, I got to do something. Yeah, he's like, I'm useful for once. That assistant thing was such a stupid fucking idea. And nobody else had assistance, by the way. No one else. They supposedly said that, too. Yeah, like, it's just so contrived. It actually would have been better if that was like a nepotism thing, that that's why she was allowed to come with him. The whole thing was a nepotism thing! <laughs> yeah, but I think we definitely want to start tearing into the series, so why don't we get into why it failed? Mm-hmm. Leah, do you mind starting things off, though? What were some things about the series you did not enjoy? Okay, so a couple of things I didn't enjoy was how stupid the antagonists were. Mm-hmm. There were antagonists? Yeah, they were trying to be, sort of. Um, there was one that was like kind of trying to be an antagonist but it fell short of expectation but i am a big fan of villains i believe villains are very important to the character development of a character sometimes of course so the fact that you know there was an opportunity to give him character development and they failed tremendously because the antagonist didn't make sense at all no yeah and then it didn't mean anything so why why would you introduce a a bad guy that doesn't mean anything like did he ever get his medal back from him like i want to know did he did he be beat him up and get it back that's one thing i didn't like another thing i didn't like was just it was the same story i've seen already so i it was very hard to keep my interest it was hunter 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 in different world different power system but it was essentially the same thing leah are you familiar with build king no Oh my god. Built King is a really shitty Hunter Hunter ripoff. It's by the guy who did Toriko, who, if you don't know, is uh, has a weird pedophilic history. But that manga sucks. Yep. But at the very least, it's more individual. Like, if you showed me a panel from Build King, I could tell you that it's from Build King. If you showed me a panel of Metallica Metaluka, I could not tell you what it's from. Yeah. 
part of it is there's no gray tones. It's very white. True, but also just everybody has the most generic possible design you could have in a manga. Just like there's very little cohesion to how they're designed. There's very little like they're all just kind of wearing random stuff. Like, again, you see in Hunter Hunter. But also, hey, you notice how Hunter Hunter doesn't have a material that every single person in the world is obsessed with and that the entire plot revolves around. Yeah. And you notice how this manga and David, you notice how Build King did that? Yeah. Why? That's that's fucking up the whole thing. Like, I mean, I guess the idea is if we didn't have that, it would just be even more blatant. But like, it's already blatant as fuck. Yeah. Like, what's the point of any of this? I, I literally <laughs> wrote that as a note while I was reading. I was like, what is the point of this series? No one has agency or purpose or long term goals. If I could talk to Alfred, say, why did you make this? Because I don't know why he made this. He made it because he wanted to be a famous mangaka, David. And he couldn't think of anything else. Yeah. This was his uh, imagination. This is what he came up with. I can't believe this is lower effort than Bill. I agree. I like, honestly, I think that in a lot of ways, like the things that happened in Bill King were really stupid, but they were like something like I honestly think Bill King is a better manga than this, which is one of the I mean, most... Bill King at least had it where so there's a scene where they meet like a vampire and he becomes viral on YouTube by making like videos about how he uses the bathroom upside down. That is a story arc in Bill King. And it's the best thing to happen in the entire series. There is nothing in this manga that remotely is as interesting as that scene. The medals aren't even interesting. They're no. just, it's just, they're whatever. You just do whatever. You know what's the worst part? What? So T. Wolfwood, who was kind enough to send us some notes, because this is actually their field, and there are some medals where he invented fictional medals that have the properties of real metal. Oh. <laughs> Iron exists in the series. There are real materials, but then he invented because I, I guess he just didn't do any research to find out if real material actually had those properties. I gotta say, also, they have a whole thing where they're like rare metals, graded metals. So it's like Luca has to be touching a rare graded metal at all time, which is revealed to us. I mean, most of the way through the series, since it's only 17 chapters. But it's like, OK, what separates a rare metal from a normal metal? Because they have like this is an S grade metal. This is a C grade metal. Are the grades just like inherent in the metals? Like what the what the fuck is going on? And what happens if, like, say, a process makes it much easier to work? So, like, I don't know if you two are aware, but did you know the Washington Monument is tipped with, I believe, aluminum? No. No. Because the aluminum for a long time was an extremely difficult metal to get. And then through, I think, like, maybe the Industrial Revolution, we got processes to make aluminum insanely easy to get, like, highly purified aluminum. And its value completely crashed. So what happens in this world where we go from an S-tier element to, like, a D-tier because now it becomes $5 for a pound of aluminum instead of $100? Also, David, that's a really good point you just kind of alluded to, which is in this series, they have like flexible metals, like they have paper metals, they have like all these different kinds of metals that can make up anything. Luca, why aren't you just wearing an entire wardrobe made out of rare metals? Why doesn't he have a dental filling? Why doesn't he have a dental filling? Oh my God! I don't understand how his dad was a minor, but he knew so little. Yeah. Yeah. I hate this series. Like, he was so unaware of so many things. I'm like, your father was a minor. You you knew your father when he was a minor. He even said that he took you out with him. How do you not know anything? But it's also very selective because sometimes he knows a ton. Sometimes he's a genius. Sometimes he just knows shit about metals that, like, nobody else knows. I'm going to be really mean, but this author is clearly not a very intelligent person. And so he <laughs> can only write characters as intelligent as he is. Darn. Boom. Oh, that was brutal. It's true, though. I'm not going to dispute it. I'm just saying. 
you can't write a character more intelligent than you. You know how you can, but you can't make it where their base acting intelligence is smarter than you because the author's not going to think about what someone smarter than them would do without a complex setup situation. Yeah. And why were the miners considered heroes? They didn't seem very nice either. I mean, why would any of these men be considered heroes? Like one had a whole like underground illegal weaponry chain going on. Like he literally gassed his own people. I think that guy wasn't like a mina. I don't blame you for being confused. Okay. Because this manga is very confusing. Very confusing. I was like very unclear because I'm like, there's are there like a lot of minas or so like few, but I still want to know where the hero aspect comes into play here. They had the one dude who can smell metal, and I think his whole thing was he found, like, a bunch of really important strains of metal, I guess, because he smelled it. Oh, also, let's talk about the fucking test, okay? Holy shit. Uh, so, I mentioned it in the plot summary, but, like, one of the big things here, you know, you know, one of the things about the Hunter exam that was, like, really interesting was how dangerous it was, you know? Like, yeah. you could straight up die. A lot of people do die in the Hunter exam. It is, like, really deadly because the idea, and the idea idea instills in you is being a hunter is extremely dangerous here though i guess the author was like oh that that's too much that's too much so he gave everybody this safety ring to wear on your arm where if you get in trouble you just activate it and like a super powerful bubble pops up just saving you and letting everybody know where you are uh, they have one line where they mention oh man in previous years they didn't have that and it, they got in trouble and it's like well those previous years sound more interesting honestly i kind of wish this was taking place in those years it's also like, how is a bubble going to save you from being in lava? Because you know what metal isn't usually that good at doing? Preventing the transfer of heat. Well, David, this was special metal. You're right. That does dealt with every issue possible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> special metal. Oh, God. <laughs> this is rare metal. Yeah. Which <laughs> means that they were giving extremely powerful metal just to arbitrary applicants. Okay, back to the Hunter Hunter ripoff. Listener, I don't think you really understand how blatant this is. They had one test, I think, towards the end. I don't think they actually got there. I think it ended where the idea was you had to steal people's numbers, which is literally what happens in Hunter. Yep. That's Hunter Hunter. That is one of the exams. You accept, accept. Again, they say in there, but also you can't kill them because, like, that's not what miners are supposed to do. They're heroes. Hunter Hunter, you could kill them, and that was a big thing. Yeah. And that's why it was a big deal when the last exam is you have to you can't kill someone. That's why it was interesting twist for the very last part of the exam. Yeah. They even get on like an airship to fly there. Yeah, they do. There are just scenes where it's like this is just this really is just shitty Hunter Hunter. I cannot express to you, the listener, how much of a ripoff this was. It was very anticlimactic. God, so much. It's also Lucas Power trivializes every other element of the series where he can freely shape any metal. Like, how can you have problems? Look how hard the author already wrote himself into a corner during the Hunter exam because he was like, oh, well, for some magical reason, Lucas Power doesn't work in this one case because clearly he realized he's given his protagonist way too powerful an ability to actually write realistic situations where he has danger. Yeah, his power is cheating. It really is compared to everybody else's. Like they should see his power and just go, yeah, you're a mina. Nobody else can do that. And that is an insane skill to have. Mm -hmm. Why even have a blacksmith with you? Why? You don't need a furnace, Luca. You don't. You can just do that. Oh, my God. Like, they had a thing where Luca started shaping the key, and then the other guy was like, that's not quite there. Let me make it a little better. And then that counted as him doing something. Yuck. <sighs> All right. I just feel like we should. This Should we take, like, two seconds to talk about positives? Yeah. That sounds good. So, Leah, you are a much more positive person than Jordan and I. <laughs> what were some <laughs> things you actually liked about this series? 
I did kind of like the metal aspect of the world building. I just wish it wasn't so saturated and they put too much of a focus into it. But I do like the creative ways that they used metal when they fought and or made clothes or build weapons and how they just lived using the metals around them. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, I think that was really interesting. Wish they did more with it. But like, yeah, when when we saw some of that, that was definitely kind of interesting. I liked how um, in the city you can ride hoverboards around because like all of the roads are magnetized. Yeah. And how he had Luca's boots would be able to project him and do explosions whenever he like stomped really hard or like jumped. So I thought that was pretty cool. They weaponized the metals very well. His foot shoes were called like Fragonium, I think. Mm-hmm. Because it's frag grenades, I guess. Yeah. I also do want to say there is one panel where you can tell the offer actually knows how to draw, where there's that flashback scene showing that old man. And it's got this really interesting, like, like old. Jordan, I don't know what the name of that style is, if you know what panel I'm talking about. Yeah. Um. Where I was like, why did you not just draw a manga that looks like this? This is actually a very interesting looking art style. It's much harder. Then maybe the series would have actually been notable if he had actually put effort into it. I mean, honestly, David, if he put more effort into it, this might not be a rip off of Hunter Hunter is the thing. He might have actually tried to think of something a little bit more original. But, oh, man, I, I don't know if that has a, a title for it, like in terms of the style. But like the he did shading using like lines. It was much more focused on the form and described the form a lot better. It, it was better. It was yeah. a, a huge departure for everything else. Oh, shit. We're not in the wide failed section. Damn. The only moment in the series that I thought was actually like pretty cool was when they were fighting the uh, electric tigers or the lightning tigers or whatever the fuck and they use magnetism to basically create a rail gun and Luca makes a giant bullet out of metal and just sends it in there I thought that was pretty cool I was like oh that's creative yeah there we go that was cool that's kind of what you're supposed to be getting out of this setting yeah with that in mind do we want to go into where it could have gone talking about how we actually could have made use of the potential of the setting yeah sure Mm -hmm. So Jordan, though, what, what would you say, though, uh, along with how you enjoyed the Braille Grunt, what are some other elements you think the series could have done to have actually made you enjoy it? Well, one of the things we kind of bent, we kind of touched upon is that they don't use Luca's powers like at all, like in, in any kind of interesting way. Like, again, he has to touch rare metals at all time. What if Luca just had like this suit of armor that like when he wasn't wearing it was completely rigid and really difficult to like flex. But when he got in it, his powers let him just wear it like it was just clothes or something like that would have made him a more interesting character. That's just one thing that you could have done. They could have done a lot more stuff with like magnetism. The two interesting parts in this series that I actually genuinely thought were pretty cool. The hoverboard and the railgun both involve using magnetism. If everything's metal, this should be a world that's like run by fucking magnets, however they work. Yeah. How about you, Leah? I'm trying to think because honestly, like, how could we have made it better? Um, how, how could it have gone differently? Reading something here that you had written, and I definitely agree with that. I feel like it would have been better if he did not become a hunter or like yeah. get rid of the father element yeah. and just focus on him wanting to become a minor. Maybe he, maybe it could have been an underdog story. I love underdog stories when it comes to wanting to become something. Like as we see in Luffy trying to be Pirate King, he came from nothing, had no crew, was on, literally on his tiny little boat. And now look at him now. Like Naruto, for example, like he wanted to be Hokage and he was treated like shit, no support. And now look at him now. Like I would have much rather have seen him become one of the best of the best from the bottom rather than you already having a hero father and knowing who he is and then trying to base your sole mission on being a minor because of your dad. 
So I will say both Luffy and um, Naruto have hero dads. Yeah, but I'm saying like to watch their growth. Like I would have much rather watched yeah. growth, like how we watch, how we have seen Naruto and Luffy grow. Yeah, we didn't know. We didn't know that about their dads when it started. Yeah. And that really helped endear us to the character because you're right, at the very least, I mean, certainly more than the first 20 chapters, at least, they were definitely underdogs. Yeah. But I mean, uh, personally, I think it would have been like really interesting if like at some point they found this weird species of ant that like started to gain uh, sentience and discovered. Fuck off, Jordan. (laughs) God, shut up, Jordan. Rachel still hates that arc to this day when we talk about Hunter Hunter. I love that arc so much. The best arc in any anime I've ever seen. How dare she? I want to circle back to what Leo was saying. I really do think it would be really cool if it was just simply the story of someone where there was this fantasy world, this big exam, and then maybe they pass the first second exam and then they fail. And then what happens to the people that fail? I've never read a manga that literally is just the character fails. There is no redemption. There is no, oh, here's a special way you can get back in. It's just simply now what? And I think that's actually a really interesting idea. Yeah, like, I was trying to remember, does Gon fail the first Hunter? No, Killua fails, but he just hangs out with Gon the whole fucking time, so it doesn't matter. Oh, yeah, no, it doesn't. It doesn't super matter. In fact, that's kind of one of the cool things about Hunter Hunter is that it's you said it, it sets it up and you're thinking, oh, man, Hunters are so important to this series. And then Gon gets in, Killua doesn't, and Gon just sells his fucking Hunter license. That's not like the point of the series, which is like one of the reasons why Hunter Hunter is so interesting and so hard to rip off because Hunter Hunter does shit that like you would never think of. And it does it without even worrying about it. Like it doesn't even make a big deal about that shit. Yeah, that's definitely a good. Uh, miscellaneous spot though I have one other idea is it would have been cool if like it focused on a magical world that kind of was able to make use of these properties to go through an industrial revolution Mm. what if they really did figure out how do we make some of these materials easier to get like T. Wolfhood has kindly pointed out by the way that electricity is a big part of why aluminum is now so easy to get and like you know I thought it was really cool how I don't know how familiar you two are with Avatar The Last Airbender but how Korra they were like we have these people with all of these abilities we can do the industrial revolution really easily mm-hmm. and i thought that was a really cool idea yeah no that's a really good point actually david in a world where metal is like completely revolutionizing everything there shouldn't be like these little agrarian villages that look identical to everything else these places should have like these metallic structures the world should be more industrialized this should not like one of the things that is so frustrating is that the idea of having a world based around metal it isn't even that idea it's that he didn't follow through with it because if the world was based around metal it would look extremely Extremely different from how it actually does. There is one little detail that I thought was interesting. Also, show how stupid the offer is. Is someone has a stove where essentially they say this metal heats up in water. Now, pop is what is the entire basis of a lot of how our electrical systems work? <laughs> oh, it boils the water. Steam right? generation, like- which turns a turbine. Yeah. So literally the entire (laughs) fucking modern electrical system could have been created by the use of using that metal, which obviously is not rare because a fucking random bumpkin in a village has access to it. This is like a C tier metal that could do the entire industrial steam revolution. That's coal. That's what coal does. You created something where you don't need coal to achieve the thing that coal does. And then he just doesn't realize. I know it's not me, but this offer, I do not think he is an intelligent human being based on how he wrote the series. That's fair. Yeah. Based solely on the series, I would agree. This is, I mean, this is a stupid series. Fuck it. Let's get into miscellaneous thoughts. Jordan, so to continue on, 
just how we were kind of talking about whatever we want at this point. What were some little details that you feel you haven't been able to bring up so far in the show? So what do you guys think the Nen system is going to be? Because <laughs> there is going to be one, right? There is absolutely going to be some kind of terrible Nen system. <laughs> it was based on the periodic table, if the metal was magnetic or not. Oh, man, we, you know, we never actually figured out what the fuck was up in the first chapter where he fused memory with a metal that with iron. Been over this, Jordan. He didn't understand what memory shaped metal was. But then he brought up metal shaped, memory shaped alloys later. But then he somewhat clearly was like, bro, that's not what that means. And then he used it and he was like, oh, that's cool, too. Do you know what? Uh, do, do you recall what I'm talking about? It's OK if you don't remember the first chapter because it completely doesn't matter. I literally think I read four chapters one day and had to really muscle through it and ha- didn't pick it back up again. And thank you so much for doing that. Thank you. For Clark for a couple of days, because I'm like, this is not pulling me in. Yeah. I basically had to do the same thing. So essentially, in the first chapter, he's somehow able to infuse metal with memory, like literally someone's like a human memory. <sighs> and my guess is, I think the author heard about the idea of shape, like memory shaped metal, which is metal that in general changes its shape to a fixed shape when heat is introduced to it. Okay. But he didn't understand that. And he thought it literally had something to do with human memories. Oh, no. And then someone told him what it actually was. And then he used the proper this is David's theory. This is my theory, but if the offer is as stupid as I think he is, it lines up. It's a good theory. I'm just saying, like, we don't have confirmation on what David's saying. Well, actually, Maxi B has said in an interview that he made. In- no. <laughs> also, did you all notice that I think there's actually a trope of people being dropped from an airplane suddenly as part of an exam? Because this is the third time I've seen this trope happen in a manga. You know what it is? Because, like, one of the cool ways to start the exam is to just be like, you're already started. It's already started. And then just like, bam, now you're in the exam. Now you're in the shit. And that's just kind of an obvious way to do that. God, yeah. This author kind of pulled all the obvious things, you know? (laughs) This is the Black Clover of terrible manga. (laughs) Actually, he worked with Tapana. Yeah, yeah. Maybe he learned this writing style just stealing every trope possible from him. Hey, you know, I read one chapter of Black Clover, and I can tell you, regardless of anything, the art is way better. Yes. He certainly didn't learn the art from Tabata. That's true. I also strongly will nominate this series as series most likely I would have thought was created by an AI system. <laughs> You're like, I had an AI watch 150 episodes of Hunter Hunter and then made it read all of Build King for some reason. <laughs> yeah, no reason. Uh, and I threw in like the first few, like, you know, the first few episodes of Dragon Ball, you know. Yep. Actually, you don't even need to. You could have just shown Build King because Build King already has some dragon. Whatever, fuck it. Yeah, whatever. But do y'all have any other miscellaneous thoughts before I start diving into some wonderful um, additional information I've been provided for by Maxi B and T Wolfwood? So this series is interesting because it's more memorable than it should be because I'm just going to remember how bad of a ripoff it is. Yeah. Is this the worst ripoff we've read? It's the most blatant ripoff we've read. Yeah, yeah. Like Gunblaze West, I thought was an incredibly blatant ripoff of One Piece. This takes it to a completely another level, though. I would honestly sue this author. I mean, I, mean, I think the reason Tagashi didn't is because uh, who the fuck is this guy? Yeah, he's too busy hanging out with his awesome wife that made Sailor Moon. Yeah. Speaking of awesome, <laughs> Leah, do you have anything else? Maybe take it back to the drawing board and try again. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. So we'll get into the final verdict and really talk about how shitty this is. But before we do that, let me read some notes. And we had a lot of trivia. So just as a reminder, if you are a patron, you actually can access the full notes that we have from our research team. So big thank you, Maxi B and Tucker. In addition, though, so Maxi B has said the one shot for this won the 2009 Golden Future Cup. Continues from the awards <laughs> legacy. Wait, apparently everything that wins that award is a failure. Seriously, like two successes have come directly out of the cup since its inception. 
in the last two decades. Maxi B, you gotta tell me which ones they are. Oh, that's true. Maxi B will post the comment in the Discord. For context, Leah, Maxi B is a manga historian. Like, no joke. They are the person who knows everything about pretty much every manga ever made. Right? And the creation of it. It's really interesting. Maxi B is an absolutely fascinating person. Or at the very least, they know how to research it. It's fucking great. Yes. And then Mania might seem like a typo of minor, but it's written as some kanji, which I realize I can't say on this show. <laughs> so you'll have to read the notes for this piece of trivia to make sense. It's apparently something to do with the word Steel Explorer, just in case you were wondering where he got that word from. And starting a new test stage with only a couple chapters left kind of gave away that we were getting a King Crimson effect. And so time skips forward to a completely fucking bananas ending. <laughs> it just suddenly happens, too. There's like, like, we don't even know how far in the future it skips ahead it's just suddenly suddenly luke is an adult yeah i said oh did i miss something no he didn't I had to go back to, okay i didn't miss anything this is a legit time skip but what is going on who's this man in metal who is he also we actually have a very special thing from t wolfwood where they actually as i've talked about them before work a lot with metal and they provide me a lot of extensive notes just unfortunately for the sake of time t wolfwood i just couldn't repeat everything but i wanted to say some highlights and the full notes that t wolfwood will again be available on our patreon and so they have said iron is either fairly soft or really hard so the hammer luca made would either bend or shatter upon being used <laughs> phylomium has the ability to be stretched into wires when really hot which is just how all metals work where they're easily shaped when they're really hot yeah, that's kind of like one of the fundamental, I mean, you know, T. Wolf would obviously, you know more than me, but yeah, that's that seems to be one of the defining properties of metal as a whole. And then to give an example of how the author did zero research, they used silver bromide in old photography to make photographs, and they literally could have used that instead of creating a fictional material. And then a bit of realism. There is actually some realism with the solenoid. And it checks out, wish there was more of this. And Granston, so the metal Granston does exist in our world with a different name, Wolfram, aka Tungsten. It's used a lot for its extremely high heat and wear resistance properties, but is also extremely heavy, which makes this Jordan the second time where I don't understand why an author made a fictional element instead of using tungsten which it's weird that now this has happened twice where was the other one because i remember you saying that i just don't remember hunters guild red hood to give some context they need a fictional wolf hunting element which is known for being much heavier than iron and has the word wolf in it and i was like that's yeah. tungsten which is literally <laughs> called wolfram you could have just called it wolfram and used an actual material instead of making a fictional element for no reason <laughs> i was just like why it's just literally just called wolfram that sounds cool as shit as well yeah, Wolfram Alpha. No, but yeah, that's that's, that's the light bulb metal. Ugh. Oh my god. All right, Annie, let's get in the final verdict where we have a shitload of six word stories. Starting with the community from Tucker. Manga about minor, minor, minor. Maxi B did not rock a lead balloon. T Wolfwood. Magic metal pales compared to metal or metallurgy. You did it. Thor's Goku, Bulma, and Yamcha's Hunter exam. Oh, there you go. Yeah. They had the same idea as you, Jordan. They did. Mara said, metal shoes go brr. I'll count <laughs> the last two R's as words. Oh, okay. I got you. Yeah, I can. I can do that. Burr, R, R. <laughs> Chicken Warlord, essentially hunt or hunt or where X is one of the the silent X is one of the words. Dude mm. rocks. Dull, unrefined, ain't no hidden gem. Orange. Look at this trashy on my found. <laughs> Just listen to the band instead up to a certain point. Right, Jordan? You know, first four albums, generally speaking, the black album's pretty good, but you're, you're good after. I, I don't like the 90s and stuff. And, you know, you just skip St. Anger. Yeah, I heard they kind of got good again. Yeah, Death Magnetic was okay. And I actually, I did like Hardwired to self-destruct, of course. Well, there you go. And their latest two singles I liked a lot. So, you know. There you go. And then Jordan, uh, <laughs> there were no Metallica references in the series, were there? There were not. 
And then Cram says, generic silent X bland, a dull story. <laughs> Glow stick popper. I think this is their first six word summary. Yeah, hello. How to draw anime, the manga. <laughs> Yeti, mediocre manga misuses magical bell RG melodramatically. Oh, we got so many fucking alliterations in this one. I love it. Well, Yeti always is an alliteration. Yeah. Tree says, female, sexualized, shonen, jumped, publication, axed. Ooh, that was, oh. uh, I really like that one. I don't know why, I just thought that was a really good one. <laughs> uh, Joe Man says, I'll be king of the blacksmiths, with help from Dude Rocks for, because theirs was just a little too long, so Dude Rocks suggested a way to word it in six words. Oh, okay. And they also said, just go watch Forged in Fire. I think that's fair. Riley of Pi said, a manga as solid as Mercury. Ah, uh, it's a joke, because Mercury is a liquid at room temperature. <laughs> And then Resident Warhammer Nerd said, just go listen to metal instead. So Bolt Thrower, am I right? Bolt Thrower, yeah. I bring a Bolt Thrower a lot. And then Leah, how would you describe this series in six words? A lot of metal, but no punch. I love it. And then Jordan, you? Hunter x Hunter x Build King. Yep. Did you know every episode title of the Hunter anime, Hunter Hunter anime, is literally every word with an X after each word? I did, because I watched the Hunter Hunter anime. There you go. You can't fly. <laughs> that wasn't a hidden thing, David. Well, you have to have a very high IQ to see what they're doing. <laughs> All right. Mine was Jordan. Actually, I'm glad you mentioned it because mine was an album title, Death of Creativity, Magnetic. Boom. Nice. Nice. My other one was, I was trying to get to work six words. But I was trying to say, okay, what if I rip off Hunter Hunter this time? Much like Death Magnetic. Boom. All right. So is this a flop or not? So Leah, the way it works is we have flop, not a flop, or certified flop. Or certified flop is something you would consider in like the bottom 25% of things you've ever read in your entire life. So how would you rate it on that scale? Definitely a certified flop. I would agree. I would agree as well. But this is not the most, I should say, offensively bad certified flop we've read. This is really low, David. This is really bad. It's... I don't know. For some reason, I didn't hate it. Actually, I did. Wait, what am I saying? I absolutely hate this series. You're right. This series fucking sucks. Yeah, what the fuck? This series sucks, and the problem is it commits the worst sin, which is it is boring as shit. It is so boring and generic. I'm shocked we were able to talk about it as much as we did. It's just kind of there. There's not even enough bad shit that is interesting. Like, again, Build King sucks, but it's more interesting than this. There's more personality to Build King. It's a shitty personality, but it's there. I think this is one of the worst things we've ever read, honestly, on that scale. Oh, well, we'll talk about that in just a second. So I'll kick things off, though, with a recommendation since we all thought this was a failure. I would recommend Witch Hat Altier. I don't know if you are familiar. I have definitely talked about it in the series and probably recommend it. That offer has put so much thought into the world building. It's really well written, just beautiful plot, and it actually writes children like children and not just like really stupid adults. Mm. For instance, there is an arc where this lady, one of the magicians literally goes, and it's all based on runes and like a writing system. And so what she actually does is she comes up with ideas where she sees people like pouring their chamber pots out and realizes, oh, what if you put like a water cleansing spell in your bucket and then it would just throw water out <laughs> and then someone else is like oh well why don't you have it where you enchant the water to like literally fly itself into like the river and then you don't even have people like constantly dumping their water out of their windows no you just have shit flying through the air at all times <laughs> just a series where they actually use the magical properties to actually show how would you evolve society using the magic Oh, David, that reminds me. Here's my uh, my recommendation. It's it's something that like not a lot of people have really heard of. It's called a uh, Final Fantasy Seven. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> I've been playing the FF Seven remake a lot. I really like it a lot. I don't care what Donkey says. I like the side quests. And yeah, that's a world where you know you play an eco terrorist trying to bring down the evil capitalist corporate overlords who are destroying the planet because they're 
they're using Mako, which is kind of an oil metaphor, and they make it very clear throughout the whole game, like, this is changing the entire world. The world is different. This is how things have changed. This is how Mako has changed our lives and stuff like that. And the world is incredibly well realized for it. So yeah, if you want if you want something that handles a world built world building better, I not much many things that do better than FF7. That is fair. And then Leah, how about you? What would you recommend someone check out instead of reading the series? I don't have any adventure type mangas, um, but I do have a manga recommendation that I've been reading that I've been really enjoying. Yeah. It's called Jujika no Rokinin. Hmm, I've not heard of it. It is a psychological thriller shonen because I kind of like really fucked fucked up and messed up anime that people get revenge and all that type of stuff. So it's basically about a kid who endured extreme bullying by some kids at school and the bullying went a little bit too far. Instead of it staying just to him, the bullies end up killing his parents and beating him into a coma. Jesus. Oh, my God. I think that bullying did go a little far, Leah. It was five of them, and the way that they killed his parents was just, it was, um, they caused the car accident, and then to make sure they died, set the car on fire. Wow. So it basically shows him after waking up from a coma and being in the care of his grandfather, who was a World War II veteran. He, his grandfather trains him to become a military killer so he can seek out and get revenge on those that killed his parents. Well, that is a very cool recommendation. That is a lot better than Metallica Metaluca, it sounds like. Oh, yeah, for sure. Not a difficult line. And then the final question before we get into shoutouts, Jordan. So is this the worst thing we've ever read? Because it sounds like you are seriously considering it. I am considering it, man. The thing is, it's like, it's not child porn. (laughs) God. All right. (laughs) Yeah. So for reference, our worst series are is Cool Judgment, where it's literally a manga that goes out of its way to sexualize 14 year olds, like very aggressively. 12-year-olds, David. 12-year-olds. 12, sorry. It was the only time our guest said, I can't finish the series. I don't f- feel comfortable reading. Really? We didn't know. It was by the artist of Death Note, so like, there's no reason to think it's like some weird fuck. Like, it ran in Shonen Jump. It's officially translated. Mm-hmm. It's on the Shonen Jump app. What's it called? School Judgment. You think it's like, oh, it's a t- Ace Attorney for kids. No, it's this weird fucking pedophile manga. Yeah. You'd be so, so surprised how many sick anime and manga there is out there that sexualized children. I think you'd be surprised at how little I would be surprised. Would you believe your eyes if you were surrounded by a million pedophiles? I don't know. <laughs> pedophiles? Just misspelling pedophiles is like pedophiles. Yeah, a million pedophiles. <laughs> All right, let's get into the shout outs. Leah, you have almost made it to the end. Thank you so much for joining us on this Shonen Flop journey. Where can they find the wonderful things you do? You can follow us on Threebs in a Podcast, which is our Instagram handle, or Threebs in a Pod, which is on our Twitter. And you can also listen to our podcast. We are on all platforms, Apple, Spotify, Anchor, you name it, it's on there. I love it. And then I also want to say props to Jordan for making the opening ending theme, being a great co-host and helping with editing. Thank you, David. Thank you for also being a great co-host and editing and putting the fucking show together, man. Really appreciate it. Oh, thanks, babe. And for taking pictures of that gremlin you got little goblin oh yes uh oh i wish i could segue into that i'll give some context that in a second so props to merlyle for the awesome cover art find her online at lyle mer and nigel for being our generous art benefactor thank you dylan for assistance of editing you can find his podcast anime out of context at animeoutofcontext.com thank you once again to tucker and maxi b with assistance with pronunciation translation other miscellaneous research and as well t wolfwood for all of your awesome metal facts you can find us on twitter at shonenflopcast and our website shonenflop.com we're also on spotify itunes youtube or wherever else 
else you get your podcast and come join the Shonen Flop Discord. Open to everyone, patron or not. We have over 500 Shonen Floppers in the Discord. It's been a lot of fun. You can find a link to it in the show notes or on our site. And as Jordan was alluding to, if you've been enjoying the podcast and want to help us keep going, consider subscribing to our Patreon. We wouldn't be able to keep running the show without their support. Get a ton of awesome perks like <laughs> we recently released the Ravioli tier where we, you literally just get pictures of my puppy Ravioli, the little <laughs> the little goblin dog. Yes. Yes. The little, little grunting goblin. Yeah. She's called a goblin because she literally goes goblin mode every morning making weird grunting noises. <laughs> and for people who aren't interested in pictures of my dog, Jordan, what is the main piece of Patreon content we are releasing this month? Uh, hell no, no, besides that, um, we're releasing part two of our dive through Magu-chan featuring Trey Watson, who we met, we mentioned a little bit earlier. They're great. We love Trey. That's really it. They're great. Yeah. All right. And then in addition to that, you can even be listening in as we record, helping us decide what series we cover next or listening to the warm up audio. And you can find that at patreon.com slash and flop. And on that note, I'm going to read off some of our wonderful patrons. We actually even just got a brand new one today yeah. and we hit our latest patron goal. So stay tuned for that episode on the manga I wrote called I Can't Find Love because my grandma is a six foot tall former basketball player coming out real soon. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Yes, that's literally the manga I that's my recommendation for this. Fuck, I should have done. Fuck, I should have made that my recommendation. <laughs> All right. So starting with the Chainsaw Man patron, we have Beatrice was on him like a piranha on a corn dog, And then we have a brand new Chainsaw patron, T-Root. T-Root, thank you so much. Look forward to hearing what series we'll cover for you. Moving on down to the Dolphin Dads, we have Dude Man Bro Guy tracking roving animals for all loving girls in Raccoon's Wolfwood. And then going on down to the Ravioli tier, we have Chris, Istrafont, Rachel. <laughs> yes, my fiance pays to get pictures of her own dog, Scarlett Mermanin, and Trevor Schechner. Moving on down to the King of the Forest, we have 090Z. Albi, Cram, Chala, Florine, Gabe Lando, Jacob Andrew Galloway, Josh Robinson, Kevin Briggs, Manji Knights, Marty, Max Baker, Sean Show, Rema Sisters, All You Need, T, The Real Jory, The BB King, BB The, Blah Moo Moo, Brian Sexton, Dennis James Moan, Dolphin, and The BB King, BB The. Thank you all so much for being awesome patrons. Thank you so much. I love every single one of you as my children. And then Jordan, is there anything else? Yeah, uh, I'm still doing those abstract paintings. Check out my Instagram, Jordan Forbes Art. Check out the rest of my portfolio, jordanforbes.art. Yeah, please give me a job. Yes, please give Jordan a job. Yes. And then on that note, let's go to the sign-offs. Thank you so much for joining us. Tune in next Monday as we give our thoughts on... Meow. This has been David. <laughs> this has been Jordan. And this has been Leah. And you've been listening to Show and Flop. Ooh, keep on flopping, floppers. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah.